Well, hello, and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Professional Pricing Society podcast. Uh, my name is Terrence, and I'm here with a very special guest today. He is the General Manager of Commercial Excellence at a phenomenal company called Zillient, and he's also one of our keynote speakers for our San Francisco Fall Conference that's going to be taking place this upcoming October. Um, and of course, he's also an industry leader in the professional pricing realm. His name is Mr. Barrett Thompson. Barrett, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Terrence, and thank you for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, now, Barrett's going to be speaking with us about, you know, how do you offer the right price uh, accurately and immediately? And of course, uh, as it pertains to customer interactions, whether they visit sales reps, uh, sales reps at branch counters, call centers, or even, of course, via through the website or online. So I can tell, Barry, that you are an individual who has a lot of insight and intellect as far as the pricing realm, and you have a lot of um, gems you want to give back to pricing professionals, okay? And so I want to kind of just jump in to these questions, just kind of get your, your opinions, your thoughts, and your, your perspective on on what we call the omni-channel dilemma, uh, which is uh, in your, you can explain that a little bit more as if that's your, you know, that's what we're going to title this session, the omni-channel dilemma. But um, just kind of starting out, you know, what exactly would you say the omni-channel dilemma is in B2B as it pertains to pricing? Well, I appreciate that introduction. And I will say that it's my privilege to be able to speak to many, many B2B companies, people that are handling pricing for these companies. And it's really birthed out of their experience and out of their challenges that I'm able to pull together what I see happening, these trends, these challenges, and what I believe are the the levers that unlock the opportunity has, has really come out of what I collectively see from those who are in the trenches every day handling pricing for their companies. And I really admire them for that. So the omni-channel dilemma itself, let me let me characterize it this way. I think it's really sort of several things, two or three things, but they connect together. Okay. The, the first is it's the proliferation of the number of channels themselves, the ways that companies are reaching out to their customers and offering them that opportunity to purchase. Those ways have dramatically increased in the past 10 years. You know, traditionally it was maybe outside sales rep who is in the field driving from customer to customer, potentially taking orders in some businesses that's common, others not so much, and perhaps an inside sales team mm-hmm. who's working the phone bank, if you will. They get to wear the headset and the call comes inbound and they take the order. And that was about it for many decades in, in this country, actually. There might have been facts thrown in there for a while, right? Sure. But the, the channels have so expanded. Um, e-commerce, very very prevalent now uh, in B2B. People are putting time and effort, energy into that. Third-party marketplaces and other kinds of exchanges. So those are, if you will, self-serve channels, electronic channels. Mm-hmm. Working through more than just your direct sellers, your outside sales and your inside sales, going through agents, going through other partners or distribution channels, redistribution. So a lot of channel proliferation. There's mm-hmm. that backdrop. Here's another thing on top of that. The buyers themselves are exerting their preference over which of these alternate channels they want to use or which channel at all. I I think of it this way. The buyers have a desire to go with the channel of my choice, the channel of my choice, not the channel that the seller says you can and must only use this one or one of two. They want more choice and they take advantage of that choice. So 
I'll, I'll add this too. Increasingly, what we see is that that channel which is being ch chosen is more of a self-service channel, more like an e-commerce channel or a marketplace channel. So to recap, growing number of channels, customers exert their preference of which channel they want to use and, and smart sellers want to support them in that preference. And that preference seems to be leaning more heavily toward self-service channels over time. And that's what sets the context for the unique price challenge. Given all that we've just said, how do I get the prices right? And how do I get them coordinated? And how do I get them updated into all these channels? That's the dilemma mm. that the B2B pricing teams are wrestling with every day. That's very interesting. I'm glad you broke it down and explained it bit by bit for you know a lot of the maybe first time listeners um, that may be you know just now being introduced to something like this, the omnichannel dilemma. What would you say um, are the modern B2B buyer expectations that you may have identified? I, I think there are three. Mm -hmm. um, first, the buyers expect, as I mentioned before, they want to select the channel of their choice. So that's expectation number one. Let's sure. chain on that. When they select that channel of choice, they expect to be able to complete the transaction in its entirety within that channel, mm. right? They want to yeah. start and finish the trend. They want to consummate the transaction and get it done, you know, and get the order moving and that's it. Now they like the option to switch channels at their discretion when sure, they, sure. when they prefer to, but they don't want to be forced to switch. They don't. And, and this happens. I'll give this very common example in B2B. For many B2Bs today, and some listeners on this call, they would say, on my e-commerce system, the customer can build up a shopping cart. They can research products and add them to the order. Mm -hmm. But then up in the screen, when they go to try to consummate the order, it says, call for price, call for mm -hmm. price, right? I, now I'm going to have to go get on the phone with a human and say, hey, I built the order. Here's my name. Can, can you see it up? Tell me what my special price would be or tell me what my unique price that I already have on file for you mm. would be. So that's a forced channel switch. Customers don't want a forced channel switch. They expect to be able to start and finish in the channel of their choosing and only change channels when they want to, not when your system or, is unable to serve them. And so here's the implication on price. The buyer expects to see the right price in whichever channel they choose. Now, right can mean a broad set of things. You know, here's a here's a very common example. The customer may well have a specific price condition record that you've set up in your ERP. Mm -hmm. And if they're ordering through EDI, they get that price all day. Mm -hmm. And you're happy with that and they're happy with that and everything's great. But now they're on that e-commerce system. They want to go there and and, and build up the cart. They expect to see that customer's specific price showing up in e-commerce for them. Mm. They don't want to see the list price, which they're never going to pay. They don't want to see the standard discount mm. that you're giving to you know, large groups of customers. They want to see sure. their price, right? Mm. So those are some expectations that the buyers have. So you would say self-service is the future of pricing in this, in this regard, correct? I think it's... Uh, it's it won't completely displace the other channels, but its share is going to grow and remain strong. Mm -hmm. sure, sure. I think that's certainly true. Okay, good, good. Now, are there any type of hurdles um, or what hurdles I would say do companies have to clear in order to meet those buyer expectations? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think 
the first one that comes to mind for me has somewhat of a technical slant, mm-hmm. um, but it's it, it's so important. I, the The biggest um, hurdle I see is this prevalence of very localized pricing logic spread throughout many different systems. Usually, there's a system supporting a channel. Mm-hmm. You know, the ERP system supporting EDI or maybe inside sales. A, a different system is supporting e-commerce. A different system is supporting you know distributors or something like this. So what's happened over time, because these systems and channels were stood up at different times, implemented with different technology sets, guess what? They each have localized pricing logic. The logic's not the same. The logic mm. doesn't have the same price capabilities. Mm. Um, so man, that's a real problem. Because back to people want to see the same price or the right price in each channel, but your systems are fundamentally unable to see or serve the right price into each channel because they have localized pricing logic, mm-hmm. right? So that's a, that's a big hurdle. Um, there is a compounding factor that I think is adding pressure to this pain point, if you will, rubbing the wound a little bit. Sure. Many businesses, and rightly so, they're seeking to make their pricing smarter. For instance, they might say, um, you know, COVID has taught me that I have an opportunity to adjust my price according to real-time inventory signals, both my inventory and whether my competitor has inventory or not. This information can be seen often on websites. You know, how much inventory does my competitor have? How much do I have? If I have it and they don't, maybe I can take my price up or not discount my price, Mm -hmm. something like this really smart move. But if you have six channels and six different systems serving price into those channels, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that you're able to get that inventory signal into all six of those systems. It's a big heavy lift from a data and integration perspective. And even if you could get the data signal there, you might find that the capabilities of the pricing logic within mm-hmm. those systems is simply not able to respond to it. Right? That system might be set up to only Take a list price, apply a standard discount according to the customer's vertical industry and G- and region, and then get to a price. It may not even have the capability to do the calculation needed to throttle price up and down between morning and afternoon based on inventory position. So the hurdle here, that the localized pricing logic spread throughout the many systems that are serving these individual channels is really a challenge and I think one of the key ones to address. Mm, that's good. Okay, good. Now with this in mind, you know, how how do you even advise companies to be to become more proficient regarding the omnichannel pricing? Yeah, it's uh I'm going to take kind of a systems view here, very outside yeah. in. I would urge the uh, listeners to take inventory of your overall situation. You know, go mm. catalog what are the channels how many systems do I have? Um, maybe even catalog some of the known gaps you know, where you can and can't see the right price and draw that ideal end state picture. Draw what that looks like or put it down on paper. Have mm-hmm. a clear vision for that. And the reason I say that is no one can jump there overnight. We get that it's an evolution and, and it will be. Sure. But the failure that I too often see is uh, – companies and B2B teams jumping in and investing time and energy, engaging in a series of 
point tasks or point activities. Hmm. You know, try trying to tackle one thing in one system that's serving up one kind of price. And in hindsight, those activities don't align to the larger vision. They hmm. they did them because they had a pain there, right? They jumped in and put out a fire, but they weren't necessarily moving their game down the field. And so I I uh, one of the keys to proficiency is have that ideal end state and then figure out what the tasks are to move you down the field. And as things come up, you might ask yourself, how can I solve for that issue by taking a step that moves me closer to my overall ideal end state versus mm-hmm. just putting another Band-Aid on this thing um, or just trying to you know, put a plug in that hole in my boat? Because uh, then you'll just end up with you know, a bunch of plugs at the end of the day. You haven't sure. necessarily moved from your rowboat to your speedboat, right? Yeah. What, what what they'll find is they do. Here's what I think often emerges. You know, um, and and I'll put this as another proficiency uh, proficiency concept. That localized logic itself, mm-hmm. it's just unsustainable. Right? There's no efficient and effective way to get the localized pricing logic to be aware of all the things it should be aware of, and to get it uh, consistently serving up the right price in all the channels. But the good news is. That logic can be externalized and centralized outside of these various tools that mm-hmm. are serving the channel. Mm-hmm. So that's a breakthrough idea, I think, for many is externalize the pricing logic into a central pricing engine and let all of these channel systems just call to that pricing engine to get the price when they need it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you think about what that means, if all of the channel systems are referring to one place to get the price, then I would say almost by definition, the price that I'm serving up is consistent across those channels. It's the mm-hmm. right price across those channels. If someone says, let's make that price more intelligent, like with the inventory signals, mm-hmm. I get to do it in one place. And suddenly all of the channels are now benefiting from the additional intelligence embedded in the pricing because I pulled that pricing into one place mm-hmm. and then let others feed off of it. So it's kind of a design topology, but it's yeah. it's groundbreaking um, in terms of the power that it opens and the pains that it solves. When you think about moving forward and when you think about, you made the reference about putting out fires here and there, but not having a sustainable solution to move forward or to you know have your boat move from just a regular boat to a speed boat, you mm-hmm. know, that solution is, it seems like it's very applicable, but you know, the next question would that comes to mind would be, how do you even get started? How do you start that momentum to move in that direction? Um, that's great question. Uh, well, I'm going to recommend that the listeners get engaged with and attend the PPS conferences coming up that you mentioned uh, here in October, Terrence. That's why for there you can do a couple of really important things. You can learn more about these approaches. Like if if the idea of a centralized pricing engine living outside of the channel systems, but supplying price into them, if that's a new idea, you need to get deeper in how that looks and how that works. Come learn from others who are already doing that. There are many B2Bs that have seen this approach and have put it into practice. So there's a, a lot to learn there. So deepen your own personal understanding as a pricing professional of this approach. Um, I would say then take that back into your organization and think about other stakeholders that you need to share this vision with, people that you'll need to help you begin to walk down that path. Um, An example that I see sometimes, sort of a 
uh, an oversight that's made by the pricing team mm -hmm. might be to f underestimate the support that they'll need from their IT organization to think mm -hmm. about making this kind of overhaul. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I will say that when you begin, though, to socialize these ideas with IT, for example, you talk about centralizing and connecting things with APIs instead of having little spots of localized logic. That's a theme and a trend that's going on in many IT systems. It's a positive trend. So when you present it, I think you're going to find there's um, affinity for that approach. They might acknowledge that it's going to take effort X, Y, Z to do it and some effort to make it happen. That's for sure. But go um, build, a, build a vision with a set of stakeholders on how this approach could transform what's happening in your space. And I think those two mm -hmm. things, getting personally well-informed mm -hmm. and then using your knowledge, share a vision with key stakeholders, IT, other business stakeholders who the receivers, consumers of price, uh, financial team that's managing and expecting to get a certain kind of performance out of price. And mm -hmm. you know that may or may not be happening today and you know reasons why. Build that stakeholder group, identify who they are, share this vision with them as an approach. It's not the same as going and pitching them, I want to do a project next week and sure. please give me budget. Just share the approach, socialize the approach, talk about its benefits, understand, begin to answer questions on, well, how might this work or what would that mean or what do you think might be required to go from A to B? If you do those two things, um, you'll be on the path, and then you'll be prepared to engage with providers and vendors and consultants and other sorts of experts who can help you bring it together and make it happen in your business. All right. Well, Barry Thompson, everybody, with the gems, uh, the insights, I want to thank you once again for joining us today on this episode of this Professional Pricing Society podcast. Before you go, if you would like to uh, let us let the listeners know where they can find any of your material. You can feel free to shamelessly plug any of your resource material or um, just let folks know where they can you know find you on social media. Certainly visit us at zillion.com. In particular, you might be interested to see our resources page where we have case studies, white papers, and customer videos that will speak to this topic and others that might be of interest to you, keyword search. Terrence, I would also encourage the listeners to follow Zillient on linkedin.com. Mm -hmm. There you'll see announcements and uh, uh, promotions for other training events or webinars mm -hmm. that we might be doing or new things that we've released into the marketplace. And I think that can be a valuable information stream for pricing professionals. All right. Thank you so much. Again, you can find Barrett also at the upcoming PPS conference from October 18th through the 21st. Um, you still have time to register if you want to reserve your seat in your, in your spot. Outside of that, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.